to the Northeast Newscast. On this week's episode, we're joined by John Bacall, a Neighborhoods Department spokesperson who also wears a lot of hats in this city. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you, and I'm glad to be wearing the neighborhood hat while I'm joining <laughs> you today. Yes, and these neighborhoods have a lot to talk about. Um, you know, both the good and the bad. You're familiar with the neighborhood. Let's get into it. You know, what is what is the big thing that defines Northeast for you? Well, Northeast, to me, is everything because, and I don't know how many people would even know this, maybe some of your older listeners would, but I was born in Northeast, back when we used to refer to streets as North and South. I grew up on Kensington, midway between St. John and Independence Avenue. I went to grade school the first three years of my life at Holy Cross. So this has always held a special spot for me, and you know what? It has continued to hold a, a special spot for me working for the city because I see the unique challenges that are happening here in Northeast. I see all the potential of Northeast. I also see where we have issues in Northeast. And believe me, I would love to see a, and I'm not saying it's not happening in certain pockets of Northeast now, but I would love to see a complete rebirth, if you will, of the Northeast neighborhoods because it's home to me. This is where I grew up. I spent the first 10 years of my life on this planet in Northeast. You know, you have a pretty unique perspective when it comes to Northeast, both as an official, you know, in the city capacity and also being familiar with the neighborhood on a personal level. What are some of those struggles that have kind of remained over the years? Well, this will come as no secret to anybody who lives in Northeast. It's really disappointing when you go down a block and I could probably pick any block anywhere from Paseo all the way down to 435 along Independence Avenue and you see one or two really nice homes and then we have a vacant one or an abandoned one or a dilapidated one or I'll go down a street and see a beautiful landscaped yard and next to it will be a vacant lot where somebody has been lazy enough to illegally dump on Um, Those are the challenges that are frustrating yet build a resolve in me that we can eventually solve these neighborhood ills that we have. Again, it all goes back to the potential of Northeast and the rebirth, if you will, of Northeast. There is so much potential here, and it's sad when I see things like that because... You know, that's not that's not the Northeast I know. That's not the Northeast I grew up in. So you think there are enough people here who care? Oh, if we had as many people who cared in other parts of the city as do in Northeast, we wouldn't have the problem. The problem we have here in Northeast is either getting the resources here or getting the residents of Northeast connected with the resources. And so part of my task, if you will, with the city is to make sure that uh, that walkway is open and there's a way for people to to find out where they can get help and uh, get those things that they need to, to make Northeast what we all want Northeast to be. Yeah. And so the city offers a lot of those services. And um, you just announced last week that the 2022 home repair program applications are open. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, what we do is in the spring of every year, we have a program. It's funded by HUD. Um, you have to meet HUD income guidelines. And there are certain things that HUD will repair on homes. For example, plumbing, electrical, 
HVAC and roofing. And if you meet that criteria, um, and I would certainly encourage anybody in, living in Northeast um, who needs that type of help uh, staying in their home, that they certainly, there are several ways to go about applying uh, for it. You can do it online by using the city's website. You can actually walk into City Hall and three other locations, get an application, and uh, certainly do that. Because one thing you discover when you do what I do is, and one of the many things that I'm also really heavily involved in is working on the houseless issue. And what's the best way to keep somebody from becoming houseless? Keep them in their existing homes now. And if this is a way that we can keep people in their homes, perfect. This is what we want to do. We want to help people stay where they are and not become part of this greater issue that we're dealing with now. So uh, I, I would encourage anybody in Northeast, and one other caveat to it is um, you, haven't, you can't have participated in the program within the last five years. But certainly, if you have any of those needs, HVAC, electrical, roofing, plumbing, uh, certainly look into the uh, minor home repair program because um, we want you to stay in your house yeah. if you want to stay in your house. Those are some projects that can make a huge difference, you know, especially when we talk about, you know, older people aging in place and families who have been in this neighborhood for generations being able to hang on to their homes, you know, and preserving this housing stock that's 100, 120 years old. Well, it defines the neighborhood for one. Um, the unique characteristics of homes in Northeast is something you don't find, not only in many parts of Kansas City, you don't find that in many parts of this country. So being able to restore and rehab homes like that has a, a fabulous historical value to it. Plus, to your point, we have generations of people who have lived in Northeast who that was their grandfather's or grandmother's or great-grandmother or great-grandfather's home. And they want to stay here. They love the feel and the vibe of Northeast, and we want them to stay here. We want to do whatever we can to, to help them be able to stay in their homes. I think, um, you know, the Northeast has some of the neighborhoods that are left that are affordable. You know, there's, with this housing market the way it is, you can sell your house, sure, but you have to have somewhere to go. So... It's, you know, maintaining that affordability while also not putting a huge burden on people who want to be homeowners. You know, that's the real slippery slope we walk now is, and you see it even in Northeast, certain parts of it. You go along Gladstone Boulevard, you go along Sunset Drive, and there, there are some relatively expensive homes. But there are the ones that you can get into for, you know, it probably for somebody my age, it doesn't really sound that it, inexpensive, but when you're talking about $150,000, $175,000 homes, that is, in today's market, very affordable. And um, most of the homes you see in Northeast still have what I like to call good bones to them. They just need a little TLC, and that's where this particular program works well. They just need the little things to hang on. Um, And again, you don't keep the viability of a neighborhood without a neighbor next door to you. We talk about this all the time. Um, that's why 
would love to see some of the vacant lots that we have in the land bank get redeveloped into housing. Would love to see people, you know, take pride or or if they are in, unable to do it, whether it's because of physical or other, uh, in, you know, things that they just can't manage anymore to get their neighbors to help them. Um, we have a very unique situation and I, I think a very solvable one. We can do it. And I, I think the resolve is here in Northeast to do that. So, you know, when you talk about land bank properties, there seems to be kind of a lot of them in Northeast, whether it's houses that have burnt down or have gotten torn down over the years. How do we get people to, you know, want to build on those lots? I know the city was doing like a one dollar land bank program. Is that how is that going? Well, we've used several programs to try to incentivize, if you will, people to do that. Um, and it's not an easy it's not an easy sell. I will tell anybody, uh, you know, we had land bank properties that we were selling for a dollar that had existing structures on them. Uh, and people thought that was great. I, I can go buy a house for a dollar, but it's not for somebody who does not have a real working expertise of the construction trade because there are no easy fixes in a lot of these homes. And in many cases, the ones that we do still have standing, it probably would be better off if they were knocked down and somebody started from the ground up on those. But there are affordable properties. I think about the property over by the old Northeast News headquarters, I believe it was on Oakley, that they rebuilt and they had a ribbon cutting in the fall this past year. Oh yeah, on topping. The, on topping, that's where it was. And it was a, it's a beautiful home, built for a hundred and, I think they sold for $125,000. We can do things like that. You know, does it take out of the box thinking? Sure. Um, but certainly to your point, we do have a lot of available lots, uh, land bank and otherwise, privately owned. Uh, properties here in Northeast. And the, the key is to, to get those properties and get them back in the pipeline, if you will, and have them up there. Because the best thing you can see in a neighborhood is, is home, uh, whether it's a new home construction or somebody who has rehabbed a home, because what you get is a residual value that a lot of times we take for granted because when you see your neighbor fixing his roof or his downspouts, his gutters, whatever, painting his house, all of a sudden it kind of renews the pride in the neighborhood and you'll see the next door neighbor trimming their yard or planting a garden or doing this or doing that. And that's what keeps neighborhoods viable. That's what keeps neighborhoods as areas where people want to live. And so... Is it going to happen overnight? No, it, it isn't. But the potential is there uh, to have it happen. You know, if there's any group of people who can think outside the box, I would think it's residents of Northeast. You know, with the sustainable home they built on topping through the Maddie Road Center or the community gardens that are on previous land bank lots. Stuff like that is so cool to see and the activity and the energy that it brings. I, again, and I mentioned it earlier when we were talking, I wish we had half of the people 
in other neighborhoods throughout the city that we have in Northeast because we do have those people who have a vision and more importantly they're they're in it for the long haul. They're they're not here to live here for two or three years and and advance up into other neighborhoods in Kansas City. There is something about the Northeast that gets into somebody's blood. They love it. They like being here. They want to stay here. And that's, again, if we had that, and that's not to discount efforts going on in other neighborhoods throughout the city, so don't get me wrong. But there seems to be a real core of hardcore Northeast lovers, um, proponents, I don't know what, insert whatever word you want in there, but that's what we need. That's what we need to maintain viabilities of neighborhoods and areas of the city. Yeah, absolutely. So that 2022 home repair program, the applications are open through June 3rd. And obviously, like you said, they can be filled out online or applications can be picked up at City Hall, the Southeast Community Center, the Lucille Bluford Library Branch, and the Greg Kleiss Community Center. Um, So that's, you know, options all over the city. We try to make it as easy as possible. And again, you can you can go right on the website, the KCMO.gov website, and go to the home repair page, and you can download the application. Um, again, the, the real caveat here is you've got to meet the HUD income guidelines to have it happen. And when you open the tab, if you're on the website and you open the tab to look at that, keep in mind the dollar figures vary depending on number of individuals you have living in the home. So you could have conceivably make more money if you had three people living in the home as opposed to just a single person or, or a couple that lived there. Sure. So. so what are some of those other, um, you know, kind of assistance with your home programs that the city offers? I know we talked a lot about the paint program last year. The paint program is really very popular the only caveat with that is is you have to own the home and you have to live in it um you can get the paint we're happy to give it to you and uh it's probably the most popular of the programs that we have uh through the city's uh minor home repair program is the paint program um and and again uh, i would encourage anybody who can to take advantage of that because we want to help you. We want to help you stay in your house. It's time to take a break to thank our sponsors. Shemekas Online Market in Delhi, offering catering and nationwide shipping at shemekasonline.com. Find their new deli at 16th and Swift in North Kansas City. Shemekas, where customers become friends and friends become family. From classics to campers, hot rods to hoopties, Seaberg Muffler, your exhaust headquarters since 1974, Armour Road in Burlington in North Kansas City, Missouri. And now back to the newscast. And then there's also the targeted minor home repair, which is also uh, a little bit different. I don't think there's any targeted neighborhoods in Northeast. However, uh, there are nine of them throughout the city. And Really, that's part of what's in the uh, Housing and Community Development's comprehensive plan because they identify those neighborhoods through a variety of factors. For example, um, income level, uh, median income level in those neighborhoods, uh, the number of abandoned or vacant properties, and also 
the number of uh, code violations that happen in those properties as well. And so they, if you think about it in the overall scheme of things, in the city's mind, there is a greater TLC need in those particular neighborhoods. But there is funding out there. Again, we just started this uh, May 2nd. We started taking applications. So I would encourage anybody who's interested to certainly get them in as quickly as possible. And then a lot of times I get asked about how it all works. Well, if you do get accepted, your proposal, then we have contractors who work for the city that actually will go in and do the work and the city reimburses those contractors. So you don't have to worry about, I've had people ask me, do I have to have a a down payment to give them before they start working? Do I have to do this? No, it's all handled, at least the financial end of it is all handled through the city. And the city has a list of contractors. And by the way, if there's anybody who is a contractor here in Northeast that would be interested in being a city contractor, you can go on the city's website and find out how to do it. We're always looking for people to do good work around the city. So I would encourage anybody who's, who is a contractor and may be looking for something like that to certainly check out the city's program. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, as we're getting into gardening season, yard work season, um, things like the paint program, I mean, that will make a huge difference in the curb appeal of a house. It's something small you can do. There's no income requirement for that program, right? Correct. And again, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. If I live in a neighborhood and I see my neighbor painting his home, um, it, it has a residual value. It tends to have the other neighbors perk up and take notice. And all of a sudden, they start doing little things here and there to their homes. And all of a sudden, um, you know, it's not just one home that looks great. It's it's five or six or eight or ten that look great. And so that's that's one of those things that you really... It's one of those intangibles. You don't take that into consideration. But, but that's what we see when one of these homes in these programs gets paint or gets a new roof or something. It just spurs everybody in the neighborhood to want to do something. And believe me, anything anybody does, whether it's just plant flowers or maintain their yard or anything like that, it, it does wondrous things for the entire neighborhood. So, you know, as somebody who's watched the Northeast kind of evolve over the years, where are some areas that we are making progress? You know, we always hear like one step forward, two steps back. But is there progress happening here? Oh, I think so. Um, I look just in the I've been with the city now six years and, you know, I point to the Paseo Corridor project. And I think back to what Independence Avenue and the Paseo looked like six years ago when I started working for the city. And, you know, Capri Motel, gone. The other motel, gone. Uh, Work now going on uh, as you get on to the I-35 there. Um, Yeah. and, And the thing is, is I think a lot of people are rediscovering uh, northeast. I've I've met several people here that have moved from other parts of the city, 
just because of, of what they've seen and the vibe they get being down here. You look at the arts block. I mean, that's fabulous, those type of things. So, yeah, and I get it. I work for the city, so I hear this all the time. People are always going to be unhappy. We never do things fast enough. I get that. You know, this is the society we live in today. We're, we're all about the instant gratification. And if it didn't happen yesterday, it's not happening fast enough. But there are things and, and there are tangible things happening here in Northeast that I think everybody should be proud of and be, uh, you know, thankful that uh, we have farsighted people living here and who uh, have their businesses here in Northeast that will continue this upward trajectory, if you will. Yeah, you know, the other day I posted an article about the Paseo Gateway, um, the final project groundbreaking, and somebody commented, and they were like, Paseo Gateway's actually happening? I heard, I remember them talking about that 10 years ago. And I'm like, yeah, they're on the last phase. Look at all these things they've done. Sometimes when you're in your own neighborhood, you don't, uh, you know what, you're, you're so in tune to either getting to the office or getting to where you were going, you just, it, it passes you by, and I get it because I think we're all guilty of that from time to time. But yeah, it, it is. And again, you know, to go back to my tenure, when I started my tenure here at the city six years ago, I mean, that particular part of Northeast looks nothing, nothing like it did. And thankfully, it looks nothing like what it did. Because that, you know, in a lot of ways, that for many people was the gateway to Northeast. That was the first thing they saw. And... You know, certainly that it didn't give a great impression. Let's be quite honest about it. It didn't. But now uh, it's fabulous. It just looks great. And, and there's still work to do. Let's let's not kid ourselves. We've got a lot more work to do. And um, I, I, the city's committed uh, to whatever we can do uh, to continue to strengthen Northeast and the Northeast neighborhoods. Yeah. I mean, having institutions like Kansas City University and the Kansas City Museum here, we've been kind of able to leverage those into other projects. You know, how can the neighborhoods come together to really, you know, would it make more progress if we had a united mission? Oh, I think, you know, I think everybody has an idea of what the greater Northeast neighborhood wants. So I'm not really sure. Obviously, whenever, you know, the larger the mass you can put together, the greater, uh, you know, you can move forward and the more things you can do. But certainly, um, I don't see that really being as big an issue as maybe a lot of people do here in Northeast because I... I work with leaders in all the neighborhoods here in Northeast, and everybody, uh, you know, has got the uh, roll up your sleeves mentality, and let's let's make it better. And it's not let's not make it better for Likens. Let's not make it better for Indian Mound. Let's not make it for this one. Let's make it for all of Northeast. So there is, while it may not be formal, there is a vision of all of Northeast when I meet with these individual neighborhood leaders. You know, speaking of Likens, they are doing a lot of things to create infill housing and affordable housing. Um, you know, what are some ways that the neighborhoods can get more engaged in kind of, you know, filling those land bank lots and creating housing long term? Um, I would suggest that 
you have somebody do their due diligence and see if there's a abandoned home, if there is a vacant lot, check and see if that if, is possibly a land bank property. Uh, because believe me, the city really does not want to be in the real estate business. Uh, we would love to give that land for a price, obviously, to somebody who wants to put a house there, who wants to do something with it. Um, that would be my first thing, would be tell them, because that's actually what Likens did. They came to the city and said, hey, we've identified these properties, uh, and, and here's what we have in mind. And in that, you know, that sounds almost simplistic, but that's really how it starts. That, that's how you can do it, is, you know, let's, let's work toward those. Um, you know, privately owned properties are obviously a much different animal than what we have in Land Bank or, uh, you know, that has some city control over it. But um, let's grab that low hanging fruit first and then work our way forward. Yeah, that's great, um, especially because, you know, filling those lots gets rid of a lot of other problems like crime, illegal dumping, you know, all those things that vacant spaces leave the room for yeah that's that's a big issue and that's something that uh, certainly you know one of the many many reasons why we would love to um, have land bank properties uh, purchased by people in these neighborhoods who want to build homes or even convert it into a community garden or whatever because you're right you know it's it all goes back to the whole broken window theory that if if you subscribe to that where you see something like a abandoned house or uh, somebody illegally dumped in front of a house or on a vacant lot uh, there's automatically this perception that the people don't care about it and that's not the case and we certainly understand that you understand it all the people who live over there in those particular neighborhoods, I understand it. Um, so, how do you do it? How do you how do you eventually get rid of these issues that we're talking about now? Well, you stabilize the neighborhood. You get rid of the vacant lot by putting a house there and having a family move in. Um, again, sounds simplistic, and I'm making it sound easier than it is. I mean, it's not. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes some work. But, but that is the answer. That is how you do it. Because it doesn't do anybody any good. And I, I get really upset about illegal dumping. I know we've had issues with illegal dumping here in Northeast. Because that is a, that is a crime of laziness that really has no place anywhere in the city, especially with all the mechanisms we have in place in the city to keep that from happening. I mean, we're, you're allowed to call and have a bulk item pickup up to 15 things the city will come and pick it up and take it away for you for free so why do you have to leave those things on the side of the road yeah why don't you do the right thing it it is a crime of laziness and it's a reflection unfortunately on all of us even the ones who are doing our best to keep our neighborhoods clean and uh, you know bright shiny beautiful looking as as people from other parts of the city and all over the country come into them. Yeah, and you know, I live in Indian Mound, um, and this weekend we have a cleanup on Saturday and Sunday, and we're gonna have a dumpster in the Northeast News parking lot. So people have no excuse, (laughs) bring your trash. (laughs) And May 7th, this Saturday, is the uh, 
the hard big, to recycle yeah, thing. Yeah, right, the hard to recycle event down across the street from uh, Manual Tech. So there's ways to get rid of these things. There's proper ways to get rid of these things. What we see is too many people improperly getting rid of these things, and it, it's it's just a, it, it's a blight, and, and it looks bad for everybody, not just the particular neighborhood where people have taken it upon themselves to illegally dump. Um, it, it's it's a reflection on all of us, and it's it's unfortunate. And uh, you know, we spend more than two million dollars a year cleaning up illegal dump sites. Wow. And I know the big issue right now with the change in the weather is potholes. Uh, I would much rather, and I think all of us, you, me, anybody you talk to, I'd much rather spend $2 million on fixing potholes than I would on picking up trash because somebody doesn't know or doesn't want to do the right thing with it. Um, that, that's what's frustrating, too, is to see the amount of uh, manpower resources and financial resources that have to, has to go to a problem that really there's no reason we should have it. Yeah, it can't be made much easier. <laughs> All right. Anything else you'd like to add? No, it's just great to be back in Northeast. I'm very happy uh, for all of you at Northeast News here in your new digs. Yes, thank you. Congratulations. You're our, first, our first guest in the um, new studio. <laughs> and uh, again, if, uh, if anybody ever sees me, um, whether it's quoted in Northeast News or talking on one of the television stations and I'm in Northeast, I hope you know Northeast has always had a special place in my heart and will always have a special place because I'm, when it comes right down to it, I'm a Northeast kid. Well, we appreciate your work here. Thanks for joining us.